Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, welcome to the Curator Podcast. This is episode 34. Hi, hello, welcome once again, dear listener, to the Curator Podcast. I am your host, Mark Fraser, and this is episode number 34. Okay, so this one's a week late, I apologise. I actually had this episode all set up and ready to go. I've recorded this part and the part at the end, and it was all put together, along with the blog post and everything, it was all good. But then something came up, and then an interview that I was supposed to have got cancelled. So I thought either I'll miss last week's, or... I'll miss next week's. The result is I missed last week's. So I apologise for that. Wee bit of a fuck up on my part, but sometimes interviews don't come through and it just happens. So yeah, I apologise. But what can you do? Anyway, let's get down to business. On this episode, I have Callum from A Sudden Burst of Colour. I really like these guys. I first saw them when they were supporting carnivores last year and they were Dynamite, really, really enjoyed them. Took a wee bit of time to set up this interview with Callum, but I'm glad we did it. I, I think it was a good chat. I should warn you, I should preface this interview with, by saying that towards the end, it gets really noisy. True to form of late, I conducted this interview in another Wellerspoons pub because they don't play music, and I thought, well, it's been okay in the past. But no, towards the end of this interview, a bunch of kids came in and just basically the sound got really annoyingly loud. So... So you'll probably hear that towards the end of the interview. I apologise for that, but there's nothing I could really do about it. And that's also one of the reasons why this interview is kind of as short as it is. It's because I had to kind of wrap it up because there was just so much noise in the background and there was nothing, nothing I could do about it. So, yeah. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this interview. I'm going to open up with a song, as is the general case with these podcasts. And I hope you enjoy it.
again, I'm in a Crystal Palace with somebody else, and we call him from. Uh, I was going to call you a badge of friendship there, which is the PR company. It's just totally not what your band's called. It's a sudden burst of colour. How you doing, man? I'm not bad, man. How are you? Apart from that brain fart there, <laughs> I'm alright. I think a caffeine's kicking already. So, have you listened to the podcast before? I have listened to a few of them. I've listened to John's and Kenny's. Kenny's was the first one I heard. So you know what it's, you can't know what it's about then. So you know what I'm going to say then. Uh, <laughs> cool. Let's go back to the start then, man. Where did it begin? Uh, funnily enough, this is a ridiculous story, but it's true. We actually went into a rehearsal room with the the plan of being a wedding band because we were skint, like really skint. So we're like, right, to try and make some cash here, and then we wrote Reborn, the first song in our first EP, and we're like, here, let's just roll with this, it sounds sounds alright but it was like an extreme contrast with what we were planning on doing which was like Deacon Blue and shit So you guys actually went in there with a whole bunch of covers and we're going to play them? Aye, we tried to keep the covers like half killed or like black keys and that but we're pretty bad at singing as well so that went out the window man and we just went mental for a, a couple of hours So did you guys already kind of all had the you guys should all known each other because you watched the band but was it how much of a surprise was it when what came out was like I guess post rock? Um, it was strange for a bit because because we weren't really accustomed to that music. We were a bit sort of nervous about what people's reactions would be. Like we we had no idea at that time the post rock scene was so big because we didn't really listen to music like that. So we thought it was. A, I think there was a few months where like we need to get a singer. We need we need we need to get a singer here. And when they went like we recorded Reborn down in Irvine. We thought, right, let's just pop this out and see what happens. And people seem to really like it. And for them, then onwards, we're like, right, let's have a bash at this, basically. So, it's, I mean, obviously your sound's changed since then. It's become more complex and, I guess, musically intricate. Um, is that like a team effort? Um, aye, I'd like, I'd like to say so. Being a bass player, I want to <laughs> get a bit of credit in there. Aye, but it normally stems from Brandy, who's the guitarist. He normally has... Some riff, normally loads of delay on it, something, um, and then we just build it around that, and then it's like a sort of team effort to build out the structures of the song. There's not like one sole songwriter or anything like that. I didn't look at the credits on Reborn, but did you record that? That wasn't. It was a guy called Nathan Wallace who's down in Irvine. I know Nathan. That my first band recorded with Nathan. I was like, I remember walking into his garage, and because we were wee guys, we were like. Wanted the full studio experience. We're like, oh, this is, this, don't know how this is going to sound. And then we got the stuff back, and we're like, this guy knows what he's doing, man. So, uh, so when did you decide that it was going to be you that was doing it? Um, I think we decided that we're trying to decide where to go next and try to work out budgets and stuff. And I was getting half decent at it, so we just sort of got loads of money, some of the band money that the guys thankfully let me use to just buy mics and stuff like that and then we thought if, if I do it or we do it we've got more time to experiment with stuff because it was the mixing for us always took ages because we're all quite pedantic like look our guitarist is really particular so back and forward messaging and emailing just just took ages to get the sound we wanted because I did notice like all the stuff that I've been listening to in Bandcamp pretty much all of it is either mixed produced or you know mastered by yourself is that something you'd always wanted to do, like the, that production aspect? Um, I did always want to go for it, but now I'm sort of thinking the other way. Like I really enjoy, I really enjoy doing it, but 
it's also good disconnecting from the mixing side of it especially and just playing your bit and getting into the tunes rather than ending like at the end of that EP I think I hated that EP and we released it and I was, it was more like I never want to hear that again rather than I'm happy we actually done that that was, that was the next question I was going to ask, man, is, like, how much did you, like, haven't been, like, so part of, like, every single part of the process, which is, like you say, you've got no distance, man. Like, it must be it must have been tough, or obviously you just said, what was it, like, you now hate it? <laughs> so. It was, like, I can honestly, like, I can remember going to bed some nights and going, I'll see if I just tried a slap by delay on that bit, man. I can get up at, like, half four in the morning and my brain would be so fried, like, extremely fried, and I was like, right, I just, we didn't get this finished and I need to take a step back here. That's weird, man. You're the you're probably the first person I've spoken to that's actually been like so in the production side of the whole thing, like up to this date as well. And it does sound like a lot of fucking work, man. It is a lot of work, but it's it is rewarding at the end of it. And when you then go with someone else, there's always that thing that back in your mind, like if I'd done this, I could make it sound the way we want it a lot quicker. Because it is hard trying to communicate what you're wanting from a track. So you just record. You just finished recording your new EP. Were you were you behind that as well? No, we checked out with a guy called Mark Morrow in Edinburgh. So we're just sort of trying to work out what we're doing with the mixes now. So it's all tracked. Hopefully, it should be sorted soon. Are you feeling better about it then? That you've not been part of production? Mixed feelings. It was. It's really. It's really good to just turn up at a studio, play your bit, and then just concentrate on making the rest of the track better. And it's good. It's always like always good having an extra set of ears on things. But as I said, there's always that thing like. Wish I'd done this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's think every producer that plays in a band will be the same. So let's go back to the start of, of Callum. Um, when did you first realise you were going to be a creative dude? Um, I'm not really sure. I was like sport daft for ages when I was younger, and then I picked up a bass when I seen Flea. I think he was Flea playing at some festival, and I, I seen him slapping, and I was like, that looks mental. I want to try and do that. So it was from then onwards that we had a slight omission about 15 when I thought, I want to be, like, I want to be a PC DJ, so the bass got left for a bit, which is a bit embarrassing, man, but I was from other old man, Lanarkshire, PC DJs through the roof, man. That was the scene. Um, and then I came back to about 15, no, later in 15, about 16, through it and now I just played bass again. It's like a very short flirtation with being a DJ. Aye, it sort of went back now, like I make my sort of own electronic stuff now, but I'd like to think it was a bit more tasteful than, Gar- <laughs> than Gary McKeith and stuff like that. You're the first person that I've spoken to that's also said that, apart from, you know, Niblog's fucking Mudvayne confession. Aye, I've got, I've got, I wouldn't, uh, I've got, there's a few guilty pleasures that I'm into, but we'll leave that to later. I don't think there's such a thing as a guilty pleasure, man. You need to, you, now that you've said it, you can't, you can't let us hang, man. Aye, I suppose, like, I used to say for ages... I, I, Craig David, man, like, I'll write into Craig David, but I don't think it's guilty, man, it just is class. He's back as well. I know, but I need to stop liking him now because <laughs> other folk are into him. So. But I think you'll be the same when you get older, you start listening to songs that a 14 year old you would hate you for listening to, like R&B, and you're 18, 19, you're like, yeah, that's, that's pretty decent, man. But when you were 13, 14, getting into Linkin Park and Slipknot, that was, like, the most uncool music ever, so... I remember when I was at that age, man, I used to hate shit like Iron Maiden and Guns N' Roses because I was like, oh, man, it's so so fake, you know? And now I actually quite like those bands. I am... 
I've got I've got a thing with like anyone that powers. I don't know, man. Some I'm just particular guy with music. So I'd like I find ridiculous reasons to not like a band, and it's that we have I've went with it for so long, and I'll even start liking them secretly. But I've stuck to my guns that much that I can't then turn around and go, yeah, that's actually pretty good. That, like, what has it been like that? I don't understand. Um, I don't know. It's, it's to be honest, the last as of like last year or two especially, it's it's getting a lot better. Just getting older, I think you sort of. Start to not care what people think or know you listen to, whereas when you're a bit younger, I think there is a sort of image you want to keep up, which is a bit daft when you think about it. It's like, I guess, that is a huge part of growing up is shedding. That's what makes me sad when I see people that I know, that, or that I used to know, who used to like the kind of music I used to like back when I was younger, like Marlon Manson and stuff like that, and Slipknot and all that kind of stuff. And they just kind of completely fall away from music, or people that I used to be in bands with who are now like they moved, they've moved on with life. You know, it's quite. I think that makes me feel a bit sad inside. I have never understood that. Like, I think you're either into music or you're. What I think once you're into it, I can't ever see you not being into it or just stopping playing it. And the other side, there's some people that just go, I don't like music, like at all, like not even a wee bit. And I think, like, for me anyway, once, when you're in a band, especially, and you've played some decent gigs and recorded some stuff, like, I don't think I'll ever stop doing that, whether it, in whatever respect, even when I'm 50, if this hasn't taken off like we all want it to, I think I'll still be playing in pubs, playing Deacon Blue, like where I generally started off wanting to do. I was going to say that, man, so the wedding band still, was still in the ether, I guess. <laughs> no, it's definitely not, man. Secretly, we all hated wedding bands. It was the worst thing you could ever do, but I think it was partly to try and fund the music we wanted to make, and then we realised there's no point. We may as well just put all our time and effort into doing the stuff we really want to do, because there's no satisfaction, really, at the end of the day. That's exactly what I was thinking. You said exactly what I was just thinking. I was like, you can make a lot of money to be in a wedding band, but if you're trying to use that money to fund... Your actual band, you'll have no time because it takes a long, it takes a lot of work to actually be a fucking good wedding band to make money, you know? I, it's, I don't think now I couldn't have known no interest in it, and I think the other guys are the same. Even at the time, we knew, for instance, I think we, we played Tighten Up by Black Keys twice, and then we just started. I think Brandy just got a boss RV5 at this point, so he was just cranking the decay up to 100, and we're like, that sounds mad, let's <laughs> see what's happening. It's weird how that changes, man. Like, obviously, you guys went in there and you didn't really have the intention of doing it, but it was just getting you guys in the same room was maybe the the key thing. Well, we'd been in a we'd been in a band before, like the same same four guys, and Luke sang, but pretty pretty bad band. I think you need to have one bad band to then know how to have a good band. It's all coming out now, man. I have decent band. I I it's found some of the recordings the other day, and you listen back, and it's that way you just cringe inside. I think that's the same for a lot of folk. Yeah, I totally get that. Like yeah, the last band, the first band that I was in, that actually did even remotely anything. Like I listen back to those recordings now, and I actually had the weird feeling at the time. I was like, I actually don't really like these songs that I've written, but I'm going to play them anyway. <laughs> I, the thing is, we've done that as well. But I think when you're on stage and you're, you're not into the song, it gets painted all over your face. Like I, I look miserable by default, just the way my face is made up. But I think back then. We must have looked very miserable and underconfident. Every gig you'd come off and go, 
weird knowing that good at this, man. And then you'd go into rehearsal and you'd convince yourself for like half an hour, like, we're getting better, and then, nah. It's weird how, it's weird how time changes, isn't it? Like, now that I'm in, a, now that I've been in, I stopped playing music for a long time, man. Like, for probably a good six years or something like that. Because um, I thought after after that band finished, I thought that was it. Like that part of me was just I was done with it. I still love music and I still been involved in listening to all this music and writing music and all that. And then it's just over the past couple of years, I'm like, holy shit, I really want to be in a band again. And it's weird how that fire does diminish. Did you ever get that? Um, for a for a bit between like both the bands, I got it a bit. I think I just started uni and stuff, or I was coming at the end of school at the time, and I just sort of forgot about it. And then. It wasn't like the, the sort of fire diminished, I just forgot what it was like. The f- sort of feeling of getting a laugh and playing a song that you'd wrote. And then I think we went back into the, the studio just, I think it was a casual thing at first, and then I think we all secretly got that feeling of, this is good, and then just continued from there. So you guys have been uh, ploughing the post-rock furrow, which it seems to be becoming a big thing in Scotland. Um, why do you think that is? Uh, it's a contentious genre, as everyone yes. says, but I think it's just any band that doesn't have a a singer is instantly lumped into being post-rock. But I don't really, to be honest, like I don't mind that. It makes other bands, it makes fans that like a band see the genre, type in that genre to Google and then maybe find other bands. So it is a sort of, it does link up bands, I suppose. It, um, a lot of people hate genres because they think it, they are bullshit but that's exactly what you've just said there is the exact reason why I love them because without them how do we get from how do we get from like Slayer to a sudden burst of colour without genres we'd have to be sound a bit like that sound a bit like that for like probably hours I think like at the end of the day like we knew well, I knew anyway that this was going to get labelled postdoc so there's no I, I don't really think there's any point and trying to say you're not post-rock when everyone's just going to say you're post-rock. But I think whatever anyone wants to call you, man, I don't think it really matters at the end of the day. If people want to call it post-rock, ambient rock, alternative rock, it doesn't really matter. It's still rock music, and I think at the core of it, it is just rock music. We were speaking of ambient rock there, and there's a lot of ambient bits, which I fucking love, really. Um, was that a gradual thing, or was that always in your head when you first started, when you guys started playing together? Um, it was a gradual thing, but it happened probably after the first EP. I think when Brandy and Luke started to expand and get more pedals and get to really know what reverb could do, and when I started getting a bit better at production and knowing what reverbs and phasers and all that sort of stuff could properly do, that's when maybe came to the forefront a bit more. So I'm, now I'm interested because you guys, because of the way you guys got together, is the question I, I like to ask, as you've probably heard me ask it, is song, the songwriter's question. Uh, I think this is going to be an interesting answer from you. So who are some of the songwriters that you look up to? Oh, right, that's a tough one, actually. Um, we're, all into, we're all into sort of different bands. Like, I don't know. I think in terms of guitar stuff, um, I really like... Mike Einziger for Incubus and I think Brandy's really into him as well because it's sort of sort of that art of utilising effects to fill the space rather than playing loads of notes to fill the space um, but 
Not really sure. We don't really look at songwriters. I think we more look at individual musicians and go, I like his style, and sort of base it around that. Like, I know Luke, by far, is Simon Neil. Like, he's, that's his favourite songwriter. And it comes out in a lot of the, the guitar stuff he plays, but he then sort of moulds it into fitting what we are trying to do a bit more. So, there must be certain, I guess, people then that push you to be the, product, the producer and the musician that you are. Yeah, I think so. Um, it was w- main thing for me playing bass was I was fingers for ages. Like if you don't play fingers, if you don't use your fingers, not a real bass player, that sort of thing. Which is it's good for some stuff, but I felt for some of the the songs we've got, a, a pick just worked better. And you can do this muting thing with pick that I've started trying to get into, but I think it was watching other bass players and. With a lot of pick players can be really, really melodic, and I was sort of going for that. And I, Liam, a drummer, is just—it's an amazing drummer, man. He just hits so hard, and that stems to his love of Foo Fighters, all the classic rock stuff. Not the classic rock, but you know what I mean, like Foo Fighters, Black Keys. He likes Bandy Skulls and stuff like that. So I think when it all started, well. I actually don't really like each other's music taste that much. It's it's weird. That is weird, but it's probably one of the reasons why like the kind of instrumental stuff you play is, is, is as unique as it is, I think, because you don't sound like any other kind of post-rock using like floating quote, quote marks there <laughs> um, that, that I can really think of, which maybe comes from that kind of diverse influence, do you know what I mean? I think so. I think that's, that is a good point. Like... I was pretty guilty for when it first started and I realised we're going to go post-rock I would listen to Explosions in the Sky and This Will Destroy You and I was like, I was always like in the back of my head like, we need to sound like that like, that's post-rock this isn't post-rock and then it sort of just grew out of that and now it's we're sort of going the opposite way like, you don't want to sound like that but some, some, some bits of songs just lend themselves to that, that style so, I just try to find a balance between everything really why do you think that changed for you? I, I think hearing what I think there's like a, there is a difference from rehearsing something and then hearing it back recorded and I think when we, like all of us when we heard it back recorded they were like this might be alright let's just sort of keep doing what we're doing I had a question in my head then I was just, this just totally went out <laughs> sometimes this happens man and I fucking hate it um, no, it's gone. I'll need to go back to my actual written questions. Oh man, I guess yeah. So as we're talking a wee bit just beforehand, you're creative in other ways as well. Hi, hi. Uh, I'm trying to get into sort of more of the like a, a, a sort of broader range of multimedia, so like videos and stuff like that. Liam's the main video guy for the band, but I just don't want to work in a call centre or retail, man. So I'm trying to just get pretty decent at multimedia in general. So Is that GCI has been a big part of the way forward for your band? Uh, it's, made us, it's made us save money, obviously, if I record the stuff and Liam does the videos, but it's always... It's pretty loud, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's also made us learn how not to do things. Which is, I think everything we do, as much as it's an accomplishment, we realise, right, we're definitely not going to do this next time. So it's 
it's a learning experience all the way through. Well, I think I'm going to wrap this up now due to the ambient noise level increasing dramatically. Um, is there anything else you want to say or you want to ask me before I, before I finish? Have you got any, anyone else planned for this? Well, fuck it, I'll say it. Um, tomorrow night I'm supposed to be interviewing a guy, somebody and who's in a band, an American, kind of Americana-ish band who are playing in Glasgow. And uh sent an email out to request the interview and... I got an email back saying, Alison's Judy Mackay podcast is really good. So I was like, yeah, that's awesome. But the email also said, can you just tell me how many listeners you've got before I ask the band? And that's never happened to you before, man. So my initial gut reaction was like, what? No? Like, why would I share that with you? Do you know what I mean? But I might go ahead now because I did, I did cave because I really want to talk to the guy. But yeah, like, that's the next thing I've got lined up immediately anyway maybe depends if, if maybe my listenership is not enough for this guy <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a tough one man but I'm sure it'll work out man if you're getting Jimmy at, like guy for Jimmy at World and stuff like that you'll be sound thank just don't, just don't lie about your listeners and then they find out and then it gets a bit ropey in the middle well, I've, I've had quite a decent for some reason I had a really weird boost last, a couple of weeks ago uh, when I Something happened in the day that I usually put a podcast out. I didn't put one out, so I put it out on Friday instead. And I still got a huge amount of listeners, even though I didn't put it out. And it was utterly bizarre. It was a really strange thing, you know. I think it is a good thing, because when I came across the podcast you do, there's, to, to my knowledge, there's not really much like this going on in Glasgow, especially for the, the unsigned bands and the sort of more local scene. So I think it's, it's good, man. I just keep, keep going with it. I'm glad you mentioned that because I have, like, ever since I came back after the year, I'm trying to focus more on, on local bands because although it's great having, like, Jim Atkins and Ian McKay, like, this is also, I don't see it as just being about fame, like, or talking to famous people, do you know what I mean? It's also about talking to interesting musicians like yourself. Aye, I think, aye, I think, um, sort of when you're at this level, sort of nearly any coverage is sort of good coverage. So, aye. Jim Atkins, I was really trying to remember his name there, but I nearly said Jim Leishman. <laughs> but it's not uh, just as well didn't say Jim Leishman. Aye. You're a Don's man? Aye. Aye. I'm not a Don's man, I'm a, I'm a Motherwell fan, so um, I'm sad all the time. Even more perplexing than you came up with Leishman now? Aye, I know, I don't know, I don't know where that it just came out of my head there, Jim Leishman, I don't know. Just try and get a hold of Jim Leishman now. <laughs> I don't know if he's got enough teeth to talk anymore, man. It makes for better entertainment. <laughs> become an interpreter or something? Uh, Jim Leishman and his interpreter turning up for a podcast. <laughs> Callum, it's been excellent. Thank you very much, man. Uh, thanks a lot, man. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There you go. A lovely chat with Callum from A Sudden Burst of Color. I always find it really weird or interesting, I should say, to interview people that haven't really done many interviews before. There's a, a kind of weird, there's a really kind of cool laid back vibe. I think a lot of people, especially the longer you've been in music, the, the more interviews you do, the more kind of tedious the whole process is, you know. And it's important to me that it feels like a relaxed conversation and I think that's what this felt like. And I hope you liked that because I thought it went quite well. I enjoy talking to Callum. I love his band. I think they're really good. And yeah, I can't wait to hear their EP, which is which is coming out this year. They just finished it in December there, so it should be out at some point this year. Really looking forward to it. It should be ace. I love that. I really do love instrumental music, and it's good to hear there's loads of bands in Glasgow doing it, as we kind of spoke about in, in the interview. I mean, it's more than just bands in Glasgow as well. You know, there's loads of great bands out there that do this, and hopefully if they come to Glasgow, I can interview them. But... We've got a really good scene for this kind of music in Glasgow, so it's it's important to me that that's documented in some fashion because a lot of these guys are a lot of these guys just have extreme musical talent, which I find fascinating, really. So yeah, you can expect more of this because I tried to straddle all the different genres in the hopes of you know giving you guys some awesome content, something interesting to listen to. So yeah, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As ever, the call remains. Give me a rating and review on iTunes. I really appreciate that stuff and I really like people giving me feedback and all that. So if you can do that, I would really super love you forever. I would love you forever. It would be great. So yeah, I'm going to play you out now with another song. This is the latest single. This is the latest thing. This is the latest thing that a sudden burst of colour released. Apparently, this is going to be on their new EP. This song is called The Fall and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much. And until next time. Bye-bye.